for joining the CC America podcast, where we are getting mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. This is a live recording of the CC America podcast. Hello, my name is Tamaria Jordan, and I am the host of the CC America podcast. Tonight's episode, episode 16, is regarding what we think about. So the topic of tonight is our minds are a terrible thing to waste. Many of us have heard this before, but what does that really mean? Um, In today's global economy, when we think about what's happening as a result of COVID, when we think about the global pandemic on top of what happens in our day-to-day interactions, our lives, our relationships, our friendships, we think about the um, just politics of it all, what's happening today, um, specifically in the United States on today is election day which is a day that brings with it so many thoughts, so many emotions. Um, You know, people have been thinking a lot about where we are, where we're going, uh, what this election means to them, um, what it will mean if we keep our current president in the seat versus what it means if we have um, new individuals, new perspectives, new thoughts. Uh, new leadership. So there's just so much happening right now. Um, So many things on people's minds. And that's kind of what made me want to talk about this topic, just because I know for myself personally, I've had a lot on my mind. And the topic, our minds are a terrible thing to waste. is so true. How much time do we spend on things that either don't matter, may not happen, um, or weigh us down internally? Um, And so I just want to encourage each of you um, regarding this very important topic. So I always like to start off the CC America podcast with prayer so that we can remain in faith, we can be inspired, and we can be transformed. So uh, please join me in prayer. Lord, I just come to you now thanking you for this day, thanking you for this opportunity um, to wake up and be able to share my truth with individuals um, who need their faith um, uplifted, who need to be inspired, who need to be transformed. I pray that you would allow the words from my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be shared with individuals who need this message most and that they would be encouraged. We come to you now helping, uh, asking that you would help them, Lord God, help clear their minds, help lift their spirits, help encourage them during a time where there's so much uncertainty. If anyone is battling any sickness, um, any uh, mental illness, any um, anything that would really hold them back from being able to Um, fully enjoy life. I pray that you would cover them right now and you would give them the strength to press forward. We come to you now asking you to mend their broken hearts and to heal their minds, their souls, and their bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So um, let's hop right in. So our minds are a terrible thing to waste. How often have we heard that phrase? I know for myself, I have heard that phrase quite often as it relates to education and learning. Um, But I really thought about it now in a different sense. I was thinking about my life and if I have actually taken inventory or stock of what I've been thinking about. And oftentimes I don't really think about what I'm thinking about, if that makes sense. And it it sounds like a cliche um, to think about what you're thinking about, but it's important. Meaning, how do we unlearn some of the unhealthy things that we've learned? How do we know um, what's real, what's true um, versus what we may believe because that's just what we've heard for so long? And I have personally been in my head a lot lately. Um, And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a real thing. I've been thinking about relationships. I've been thinking about, uh, in relationships, not specifically talking about romantic relationships, but friendships, family, all of the relationships that we have in life, our workplace relationships, all of these things are important. So for me, I've been thinking about 
those things. I've been thinking about the upcoming election. So today, ironically, is election day. I've been thinking about that quite a bit because there's so many things that we see on the news that give us some idea of what we can expect. But the news subconsciously has been training us on what we should be thinking about, whether good or bad. And if we're not careful with regard to what we think, we will, be, we will become overcome by those things and opinions, those thoughts that other people have, not necessarily what we may personally think and or believe. So when we think about the word think um, in and of itself, it means to have a particular opinion, belief, or idea about someone or something, or it could also mean direct one's mind towards someone or something, use one's mind actively to form connected ideas. And so when we think about the impact of news and the images that we see every day on social media and how it may transform how we feel either about ourselves or about different situations, how we may feel about others, we can be easily influenced and swayed by those things in which we see, good, bad, or indifferent. And so for me lately, it has been hard. I have really been struggling with regard to what I think about. And sometimes I tend to overthink or worry about things. And the Bible tells us not to worry um, because it, it doesn't do any good anyway. <laughs> um, what will be will be. And that sounds good in theory, but in real life, depending on your circumstances, it may be a little bit harder to walk that out. And what I mean by that is we can hear all day long, you know, don't worry, don't do this, don't do that. But at the end of the day, will we still come into situations where we might have some worry or some fear? Probably because we're human and that happens. But how do we truly cast our cares and our worries? And so I know for me personally, I have really been struggling in this area. Um, so it actually it came to mind to create a acronym as it relates to how we combat negative thinking. And so what I wrote down was faith. And we all know, according to the word, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we have faith, we are literally believing in something that we may or may not see, something that we may or may not have experienced in our lives. And in the Bible, it also tells us not to be anxious. But when you go through life and you see different situations, I know for me, that's been one of the hardest battles that I've faced is not being anxious. Um, Philippians 4 reminds us to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by praying and petition. So bringing that same thing back to God over and over with thanksgiving, we can present our request to God. And if he takes care of the birds in the sky um, or the grass on the ground, surely he's going to take care of us. But why do we still battle with the thoughts in our minds? So uh, the acronym FAITH, um, the F stands for a foundation. So this hit home for me because I started thinking about this week, what forms the basis of our thoughts? You know, what are our thoughts? Why do we believe what we believe? And I really was struggling with that. And so I started to think to myself, why do you think certain things are wrong? Why do you think certain things are right? How do you know if what you think is right? And the, the thought of these things really came to me on the end of last week. And I started jotting down my feelings. And I said to myself, you know what, this would be a great show just to talk about what we're thinking about. And so when I thought about my beliefs, ironically, I listened to Stephen Furtick's message. Um, he had a sermon called Jump to a New Conclusion, and it was so good, I had to listen twice. There were so many important nuggets in that sermon, and he talked about his beliefs um, and that, you know, how did he get to those beliefs? How did he jump to certain conclusions? And I know for myself, I can jump from the left all the way to the right really quickly or vice versa from the right to the left, because in my mind, I have set up a situation. Even if I don't know everything or all the details, if something looks familiar to me, I tend to jump to a conclusion 
based on my personal experience. And if we're honest, all of us do that. We think about it based on what we know. So Stephen Furtick challenged his church to think about if there's any flaws in what they believe. And so when he said that, I said, hmm, you know, are there any flaws in what I believe? And so he talked about his belief and that he used to hear from other people, you're going to be used by the Lord and how that translated to a conclusion for him about God and how he was to operate as a Christian. And for me, that really stood out because how often do we hear cliche terms or people tell us certain things and we start to believe that that's how we should operate. So I think about traditional roles between men and women, you know, if the thoughts are that men don't clean and that the woman, that's their sole responsibility, and you raise your son, for instance, not to clean, then if a woman comes along and asks him for help cleaning, his thought may be, well, why am I going to help or help her clean when my understanding is that's something that women do? Or a woman, say, for instance, maybe the husband needs the woman's help in paying bills, but in her mind, if she believes that women don't pay bills and that the man is supposed to be the head of the household or to take care of all of the finances, she may spend her money on shopping or other things. And so when you look at that, that belief system, it's formed sometimes by experience of what we see, but it also could be formed based on social norms or what we hear. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100% accurate. Every person has to figure out what works best for their relationship or their situation. And so when I think about my own beliefs, I realize that there's some flaws in maybe what I believe because I've started to operate in terms of my faith and treating God as though it's a relationship with a person and meaning um, people sometimes, as long as you're doing everything to make them happy, you're on their good list. They're going to love you no matter what. They're going to support you. But if you do something they don't like, well, now you might not be as favored. And so if we have experienced that with people, and so we want to please people, imagine what we're doing as it relates to our faith in God. We're trying to please God. And the Bible says that we can't win him that way. We can't win salvation from the things that we do because essentially we would have to be blameless and there's no one that's blameless um, or perfect. And so we're striving to be perfect when that's not attainable. The only person who was perfect was Jesus and he died on the cross for our sins that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord, that we would be saved. But if we live our lives in our minds thinking, I can do something to win his love, I can do something to win his favor, then that's how we will operate. And for example, along those same lines, I believed for a very long time that if I could do enough right things in my life, that it would keep my heart from trouble and unfortunate circumstances. But that's not true. That's not based on what the Bible says. I realized after reading, um, the word says in Matthew 5, but I tell you, and excuse me, verses 44 through 45, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And for me, that was an eye opener because I had lived most of my life thinking that I could win God's favor. So when we think about the F in the word faith, in terms of how we combat the things that come into our minds, it stands again for foundation. Why do we believe what we believe? And the more we ask ourselves why, the more I think we can get to the root cause of what's really causing us to worry, to doubt, to fear, or what may be keeping us stagnant in where we are now versus where we want to be. The A in faith stands for our attitude. Um, so when we think about our minds, are we open to new ideas? Do we have an attitude, as some people say, an attitude of gratitude? Or are we someone who feels like, you know, I know everything, I don't need any help? So when you start to challenge your, adult, your attitude, which is defined as a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, attitude is really important in terms of changing your mindset. You can't change your mindset with a bad attitude or not wanting to really look at yourself and say, you know what, what can I do different? 
Um, because on one side, you can have a good attitude or you can have a bad attitude and you have to choose which attitude serves you in that moment. And for myself, I have found that when I have a good attitude and I approach things from a, a perspective in which I am introspective and I am thinking about how I interact with other people and even also how I interact with myself, am I going about it with the right attitude? Because I'll be honest, there's a lot of times that I do not go about things with the right attitude because one, I may not feel like it, but then two, if I'm hurt, my attitude may not be the best because in my mind, I'm doing everything that I can and maybe other people aren't meeting me halfway. And so I'm in my mind about situations, about things, about people, whatever it is, I'm thinking through and replaying those things in my mind, whether good or bad. And I think our attitudes really are impacted heavily based on our experience. So the example I'll use here, and actually this was something that um, as part of diversity training, it was a topic that came up. It's called the confirmational behavior model. If I believe young people don't tip, and I say for instance, I'm a waitress. If I have a young patron come into my restaurant, I give them bad service. They don't tip. I may believe it's not because of my attitude. It's because they're young. When the truth of the matter is, the reason that they didn't tip is because I did not provide good service. I had a poor attitude. And so when you think about that, our attitudes as it relates to our minds, we have to be open to change. We have to be able to hear people when we've been wrong um, and say, you know what? I messed up. I wasn't behaving the best way. You know what? Maybe I said something I shouldn't have said. Maybe I did something I shouldn't have done. But we have to be willing to admit our wrongs and walk with the right attitude. So again, the A in faith is our attitude as it relates to helping our minds stay on track. The I, intellect. So this one can go both ways. The reason I chose to put intellect in here is because when we think about our intellect, we tend to learn different things based on our development. So based on our education. Um, so intellect or intellectual, if we're talking about a person, is someone who places a high value on or pursues things of interest to the intellect or the more complex forms and fields of knowledge. Um, and it's referring to things such as philosophical matters. And so when you think about our intellect, the reason I put this in here is it can go both ways. Our intellect can either hurt us or it can help us. In a lot of ways, it's helpful because it allows us to think about how we think differently. It allows us to be curious. It allows us to figure out new things. And it allows us to really challenge some of the things that we may know and understand. Um, but sometimes I feel like that intellect can get in the way. <laughs> um, and I'm speaking for myself. And I don't know, I may be in your house as well. But um, just speaking from my own personal experience, sometimes that intellect clouds the spiritual aspect. Because when you start to think about things on an intellectual level, some things just don't make sense. I remember when I was a kid and I was in elementary school, I went to private school. So I was in a Catholic school um, where I grew up. And I remember telling the nun when they were explaining to me that Jesus, that, uh, excuse me, God did not have parents. And the intellect said, that doesn't make sense because what you all have taught me in school is that everyone has a mother and a father. So how is it possible that there's a God that just exists and just is and doesn't have a mother or a father? That did not appeal to my intellect. It did not make sense. So when we think about the spiritual things, a lot of times it may not make sense to us in the natural. Um, there's so many things happening in my life right now where I feel like there's a shift happening. And I'm not going to lie, it's not fun. Um, to look in the mirror and realize that you have a lot of things to work on or to realize that you are going through a place of healing, pruning, refinement, um, feeling like you are going through a place of literally fire. 
Um, that's how I feel some days where I am in my head. I'm thinking, should I have handled this differently? Should I have said this differently? Should I say something at all? Should I wait? Should I be patient? Should I let the Holy Spirit guide me? I really don't know. And when I think about even this election, some people are making decisions based on their intellect. Other people are making decisions based on their feelings. Some people are making decisions um just based on what they've heard for so long. So when you go back to why they believe what they believe, chances are it probably started in their childhood. Um, You know, a lot of the things that we believe come from our experiences or it comes from things that we've heard. And if we haven't seen anything that's different, then we may just go with that for the rest of our lives. And what I'm learning in all my intellect is that, you know, my opinion isn't necessarily the end all be all and that other people have different experiences. Everyone has their own triggers. Everyone has their own facts, which help form their opinions, which then in turn form their beliefs. And so when you think about your belief system and you think about why you believe what you believe, you really do have to think about where those things come from. And so um, there's a chart that shows beliefs, values, and attitudes. So values are the person's set of principles, which they consider of great importance. So when we think about values, values could be something like your integrity. Um, Do you value being honest, forthright, and truthful? Um, Your belief is an idea that is accepted as true without any facts. So for me, I believe in God. A lot of that comes from growing up in a household where we believed in God. So quite naturally, I would go down that same path. My intellect, as I got older, tells me that there's other religions um, in the world, but I know what I believe. And I'm starting to realize, you know, in walking in love, that from an intellectual standpoint, There are some people that will only change their beliefs based on what they can see. Whereas a belief, when we think about the uh, etymology of it or the background, it's it's something that's accepted as true without any facts. So if you don't have any facts, it doesn't appeal to the intellect. So when people try to persuade others to change a belief and they don't appeal to the intellect, you get nowhere. Because if that person is someone who really needs facts and figures in order to understand something, sometimes you have to speak other people's languages and not saying that you have to change who you are, but maybe you have to change your delivery. It's almost like instructional design or training where you, uh, you make your training appeal to different audiences based on how they learn. Well, the same thing applies as it relates to when we're sharing our belief or our faith. Um, and people are entitled to believe whatever they believe because chances are it came from somewhere. And last but not least, in that, that will, they show attitude. So it's really how someone thinks or feels with regard to someone or something. So, so far, as it relates to the battle within our minds and our mind being a terrible thing to waste, I provided the acronym FAITH. So we've touched on foundation, we've touched on attitude, we've touched on intellect, and the T. The T stands for truth. What is the truth to you? So I know for me, um, some years back, I actually, I remember being in a church service and the pastor had mentioned, you know, God being able to show you himself. And at the time I was like, well, how do I know, you know, that the God that I believe in is the the one true God? And how can I tell someone else they're wrong because that's their beliefs? And I think about, you know, ancient societies where maybe they believed in things like sun gods or rain gods or whatever. And I was like, well, who am I, uh, again, appealing to my intellect, who am I to tell them that what they believe is true, is it true? And I started to think about manifestations and the manifestation of things in life. And so when I think about manifestations, um, sometimes things happen because we believe it's going to happen. 
But then I thought to myself, I have seen the wonder working power of God. I have seen miracles. So my faith in God is because I have had a true experience with God. So my truth comes from my true experience. And I remember a pastor telling me, you know, if you doubt, you can ask God to show himself to you. And at the time, I didn't really understand what that meant. But I remember saying specific prayers, asking God to like give me a sign. And I started doing this um, probably in my 20s. Um, because growing up, a lot of my beliefs were based on truths that other people told me. So if they told me something about what the word said, it was their interpretation, but I tended to believe it as true, whether or not there was any proof of that or not. But as I got older, I realized that the truth God would reveal to me too, and that he's no respecter of persons. So no one else can go to him and I can't, I can talk to him the same way that they can, but I used to believe that, you know, if someone is in a a higher seat in the church, that that was the truth. Um, You know, whether it was right or wrong, sometimes I didn't verify it. And you know, the saying trust, but verify, I learned that, you know, if God's going to reveal something to them about me, he's also going to reveal it to me. But it took me a long time to figure that out. And so when I started to ask God to reveal himself to me, I would do it in small ways. So it would be like little small situations where I would want to build my faith. And I would be like, okay, God, like, I want to believe you for this, but can you show me a sign? And I know that the word also says, you know, not to test God, but I personally needed a sign to really build my faith. And every sign that I remember asking for, he would do it. And I was like, oh, like he really hears me. He listens. And it would be something that was somewhat like kind of far out that I didn't know if he would do it or not. But I was like, if he does it, I know this is God. Like for real, I know this is him. It's not just me. Because again, in my intellect and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, I can say these things, but what if I'm just making it up or I'm making things happen because I believe it's going to happen. But in First John 5, in verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. And so when I thought about that, and I think about the situations where I have prayed, um, I have seen his true manifestation. So I remember praying for a family member. Um, Their kidneys had stopped functioning. And according to the doctors, they would need to be on dialysis. And um, this individual had already had enough uh, health issues in in my mind. I was like, oh, wow, wow, they've already struggled enough. You know, like, God, can this cup pass from them? And I remember feeling anxious. I remember crying and thinking, oh my gosh, if they end up on dialysis, that's one more thing. And they really don't have the help that they need. And, you know, how will they be able to deal with this? And I remember praying and I had this peace that came over me. And so I went home to visit them. And I remember going to the hospital because I went to pick up some balloons for them. So I went in, I talked to them. Um, They had their lunch. I said, I'll be back. I'm going to go and get you some balloons and a coloring book because they like to color. And so I came back with the balloons and the coloring book. And then the doctor came in and he said, well, this is odd. Um, We checked their lab results and their kidneys are functioning again. Now, mind you, they had been in the hospital for like a week. And the whole time the report was grim. And so the doctor kept saying, well, let me go back and check. I'll be back. So he came back and he said, I think you may be able to take her home. Um, I'm looking at the results and her kidneys are functioning. Well, we did a couple of tests and they're working. And I was like, that's odd. But I remember praying earlier in the week that that God would help her through this situation and that there would be a miracle. And granted, I'm sure there were other people praying as well, but this is another situation in which my faith was built because 
the truth of the matter is I really trusted in him because his word is true. So the reason I chose truth for the T in faith is because the truth he shows to us, he reveals to us through miracles, experiences, and also through his word. And the the truth um, is the word that we can stand on. And so when I read the word, I was going to church, I was being encouraged in the word and the truth. And then I prayed and I believed. And I know that the Bible says if we pray and we believe, we have the power to move mountains. And that's also in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 7. And I remember being steadfast and praying and believing like, okay, God. And like I said, I had peace. Well, the last time the doctor came in, he said, well, I guess you can go ahead and get her ready to go home because we don't see any reason to keep her here. And we left that hospital that day. um, And I'm in my thirties now and she's fine. She has other health issues, but that issue in terms of her needing to be on dialysis with her kidneys, it's been over 10 years and she's still not on dialysis. So that was the truth I needed from the word um, to have that faith to believe if he did it before, he can do it again. And in my life, there's been a lot of situations like that. Even when I think about my marriage, um, when I... I remember first meeting my husband, actually it was around this time in 2013. So it's been seven years. And I remember um, talking to him on the phone. And at the time I was going through a really rough period. Um, I was just feeling overwhelmed, um, pretty much wasting my mind, thinking about things that I could not control. And I remember one night I talked to him because I was kind of pushing him away. I didn't really want to be involved with anyone. I was kind of over relationships, over people. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a break. Like this is for the birds. I'm over it, not feeling it. And (laughs) um, just keeping it real. And I remember falling asleep. I cried myself to sleep that night because I was just in a mood and I was in a lot. And so I cried myself to sleep. And I had left a pot on the stove and I was boiling water and I was boiling a potato, well, boiling a potato. I shouldn't say I was boiling water. You're probably like boiling water. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> Why were you boiling water? But I was boiling a potato and I remember leaving it on the stove and I cried myself to sleep. And when I woke up, it was like four in the morning the next day and the bottom of the pan was completely black. The potato was charred, it was completely black, but there was no smoke in my apartment. And I was in like a small 400 square feet apartment living in Maryland. And I know, and the funny thing is I had gas. So everything about that situation was just wrong. Like literally there was a fire burning on the stove. It's a gas stove. And I left it on for hours to the point that the potato burned, but there was no smoke in my apartment. I knew in that moment, I said, okay, God, I know you are real. You spared me yet again. And this isn't like the first time I knew he was real. There were so many things that happened before that that really solidified that truth for myself. But it was another moment that I could put on like on that belt notch, if you so to speak, where it's like, oh shoot, you came through again. You came through again. And then it just, and I'm glad I use that analogy because it makes me think about it. When you think about a belt, when you put it around your waist, um, the tighter it gets, the more holes you can put it in and you can cinch it tighter and tighter. And so when you think about your faith, if you think about a belt and you think about the holes, as you start to lose weight, you the belt starts to tighten around your waist and you can add the, I mean, you can put the, um, the belt, the, like the metal piece into more of the holes. And so when I think about my faith, as you start to shed that dead weight, like the things that we think about in our mind that come against our faith, we can start to squeeze on that faith belt a little bit, a little bit closer to our bodies because we're exercising that muscle and we're losing weight essentially. And so as we drop that dead weight, we're able to pick up a healthy weight in which we're able to use the belt more effectively. So that just came to me as I was talking. But when we think about life, it really is exercising that faith muscle. So again, it goes back to the acronym. How do we combat 
the things that happen in our mind that may not be beneficial to us, it's literally through faith and believing that things will work out in our favor. And as part of that, I gave you all a quick acronym to just kind of help you remember, you know, what am I thinking about? What is my foundation? What is my attitude towards those thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent? What can I change? What do I know based on my intellect? What is the truth? What does the word say? And last but not least, where is the Holy Ghost guiding me? Because we all have been given a comforter, the Holy Spirit, to guide us. Um, some people refer to it as that small, still voice. You know, the one that says, you know, you shouldn't go to the club tonight. And then something crazy happens. <laughs> um, and that can be, that's someone's testimony. I'm sure, well, not I'm sure. It has been mine in the past where I had a feeling like, you know what, you probably shouldn't go to this party, primarily when I was in college and I went anyway sometimes and things happened how they happened. And then it was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have went anyway. And I knew I shouldn't have gone, but I did it anyhow. And the consequence was what the consequence was. And so the Holy Ghost, also known as the Holy Spirit, um, in terms of Christianity, um, the Holy Ghost is the third member of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Ghost. And so when we think about um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying that he, like he's left that spirit within us, that greater works will we do because of the Holy Ghost that lives within us. Um, you know, he really guides us and helps us when we are struggling in life. And I personally have, I know that he's with me. I know that he's guiding me. Um, there's things I think about that I know is coming from the enemy, but I have to know how to fight in the right way. And so the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, to order our steps. And so when I think about that spirit being within me, I think about the strength that it gives me. And I realize that if that spirit is in me, then why do I set my mind on things that are below, meaning things that are of this earth and not on a spiritual realm. So with this election, there is so many people who are anxious and worried and myself included. I ended up voting early last week in the U.S. because I was afraid. I was afraid of what was going to happen on election day, if there was going to be civil unrest, if there were going to be people trying to suppress our votes at the polls. Um, there were so many thoughts that I had in my mind. And as an African-American woman, I will admit I have been afraid, but then I thought about it and I said, why are you so afraid? Because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But if I'm this afraid, where is my faith? You know, and in Romans eight, it says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. And I do believe that the spirit dwells within us. And I'll give you another personal example. I remember I was, um, I was leaving my house one day and I get chills just thinking about it. And I remember, um, I had been so busy. Like when I say busy, I had been busy doing everything but what I probably should have been doing. I was running from here to there, going to work, doing all my extracurricular activities. And I remember leaving my house um, in Virginia Beach and I got to the stoplight and I said, like I had this thought and not I said, the thought came to mind. And the thought was just because the light is green doesn't mean go. And I pondered on it for a minute, like, mm, that's odd. Like, why am I thinking about green lights? Like, I'm just waiting for the light to turn so I can go to work. And I had the thought and I was like, okay, so just because the light's green doesn't mean go. Okay. And I went on about my way. But that morning I chose not to turn on the radio or anything because I said, God, I've been so distracted. I really need to listen. And so around lunchtime, 
I was um, leaving uh, my place of employment. If you know Virginia Beach, you know the area. I was on Damn Neck Road heading towards the amphitheater um, where they have concerts. And I was actually just heading to get some lunch from one of the shopping centers um, on Princess Anne Road. And so I was driving um, down the street. And actually, wait a minute, I may have gotten the roads mixed up. But either way, you get the point. I was driving towards the amphitheater. Um, on It actually was Damn Neck. <laughs> um, so I was driving um, down Damn Neck and I had gotten my food and then I was leaving the shopping center. I think it may have been near Laskin or something. I can't, I may be getting the roads mixed up. But I remember coming out of the shopping center. Just picture with me for a moment. Um, I'm pulling out of a shopping center. Imagine picturing a stoplight in front of you. To the left, there are three lanes. Um, and to the right, there's three lanes. But then there's a median. And across the median, there's another three lanes of traffic um, going in the opposite direction. And so I sat at the light and what came to mind was just because the light is green doesn't mean go. And I stopped and I paused. It came back to my remembrance from that morning. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Let me look both ways. I looked left, I looked right. And I said, okay, the coast seems to be clear. The car to the left of me was staring at me like, what is her problem? Like the light's green, like why, don't, why doesn't she just go? And so we paused. They were looking at me like, why did she stop? And I'm like, well, I feel like I need to pause, make sure the way is clear. I proceed to pull out. The van to the left of me proceeds to move forward as well. And as we approach the meeting, the cars that were coming in the opposite direction, say, for instance, they're going northbound. The car is going northbound. A Ford F-350 truck blows past the front of my Toyota Camry and in front of the van. Had we pulled out when our light turned green, I may not be here today to have this conversation with you. So that day, I cleared my mind. I listened to the Holy Spirit that said, just because the light is green doesn't mean go. Because so often we're moving from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. We got to go, got to go, got to go. And I know all about being a Martha because I'm always on the go, always feeling like there's something I need to do, something I need to see, something I need to say. And I just kept going, going, going. And that day, I thank God I slowed down because I may not be here. They were that road. I think the speed limit is either 45 or 55 miles per hour. And imagine I would have been in the center. I would have been crushed between that truck and that van. Who knows if I would have made it or the people next to me. And if I had made it, I may have been um, paralyzed as a result. But I thank God today that I'm in my right mind and I'm able to, to get up and move. Um, but that it reminded me to slow down because our minds are always going a mile a minute. And there's so many things that dictate how we feel. Um, I've been seeing articles about people who get depressed around election time because there's so much uncertainty. Um, in the winter time, there's people who get depressed because of experiences they may have had in winter. And I know for myself, just thinking about life, um, because we don't get as much sunlight, it is easy to slip into a depression um, because we need that vitamin D or because the winter is cold and it's, it's rainy or um, whatever the, the feeling is around this time of year that you get. For a lot of people, it's a great time of year. It's festive. It's exciting. You know, they are ready to put up their Christmas lights. But for other people, um, this time of year is very hard around um, the holidays because they think about the loved ones who are no longer there to share in those memories and moments with them or their family members. And so just being mindful that for every person, every person has a different experience. But when we think about our minds, really being able to take every thought captive and give it to God and let the Holy Spirit do the work from the inside and help us focus on the positive things, the things that make us um, feel excited, that make us feel encouraged, and that really help us keep moving forward when everything around us seems to be falling apart. So um, in that sermon, Jump to a New Conclusion, um, I do encourage you to listen to it. Again, it's by Pastor Stephen Furtick of Elevation Church, 
And he talks about how to jump to the right conclusions instead of settling for the wrong ones. And when we think about our minds and we think about how easily we are influenced by everything around us, even paradigms that we've been taught. Um, I like to talk about paradigm shifts because literally that's what it is. It's how do we shift what we believe? Um, because we may have that belief and rightfully so based on an experience, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. And so I have been challenging a lot of my beliefs lately, like, you know, even thinking about why do I get upset when this happens? Where does it come from? And the more I ask myself why, the more I can get to the root cause. And once I identify the root cause, I can really pull up the root and start to take a change or make a change in my heart and also in my mind. So um, some talking points from that sermon that I wanted to highlight when um, you think about your mind, I was so encouraged by that message because he talks about how we have to believe that God will fulfill his purpose for your life. So if you're someone who is afraid or in your mind or in your head about, you know, your life and how long you will live, we have to believe that he will allow us to fulfill our purpose. Um, and it's so interesting. He talks about bad news and that because he had gotten used to experiencing bad news, he trained himself to expect that things will get worse. And I, I heard him say that and I thought to myself, is that me? Am I like a bad news bear where in my mind, I believe I am a positive person, but I may go left. Like I told you all earlier, sometimes I jump from right to left and left to right, um, depending on my experience. So if my experience tells me, you know, this type, this time of year, like something, something bad always happens. I start to expect the worst instead of thinking, you know what? This year could be one of the best years ever. So when you think about where those thoughts come from and realizing that some of them are true, some of them aren't. Sometimes the devil's lying to you because he knows if he can set up those thoughts in your mind, if he can like give, get a, give us a thought to think um, and we think it, then he knows, okay, I've got them. Because if we think it and then we start to dwell on it, we start to believe in it then he's got his hooks in good. Um, but it's when we challenge it, when we're like, wait a minute, why do I have this thought? I feel like this thought is not productive. Let me take this thought captive. Let me, let me go to the word and see what it says about this. How can I combat this negative thought that I'm having? Um, and when we think about our perspectives, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's right. And so that's why... I know that our minds are a terrible thing to waste because how much time do we spend on things that either don't matter or things that are not exactly what they seem? And a lot of times in our intellect, we think we know best about how situations should be handled, about how people should act, about what people should do. Everyone has an opinion and now they can hide behind social media um, because no one, like some people may challenge them, but for the most part, it's a lot different than if you're having a debate face-to-face. -face. And I thought about that as it relates to our perspectives and how sometimes we think we're always right. So I'll give you an example of something I did this weekend, which was an eye-opener for me as it relates to how I think. And so um, there's this bug called a green June beetle, um, and they have larvae. So essentially, uh, the babies... <laughs> Um, but they have stiff abdominal thoracic bristles and short stubby legs and wide bodies. When I was growing up, I used to call these bugs bloodsuckers because that's what they look like to me. And most of the kids in my neighborhood, that's what we call them. Um, they look like they're transparent. Um, they almost resemble a leech. And then they like, uh, but they crawl on the ground like a worm. And I noticed that this bug was in my mom's yard on her driveway. And I've never gotten close enough to see the bug because they always freak me out. And as a kid, um, I just remember if people stepped on them, it was really yucky because it was just yucky. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'll spare you the details. And so for some reason on a Sunday, I decided to bend down. It had just rained. And I bent down on my mom's driveway to look at the, the insect. And 
I noticed it was on its back or what I thought was its back. And I was like, hmm, that must be hard for that bug to, or that, um, for that beetle larvae to move. It looks like it is difficult. And I had to look up actually what the official term for it was, because again, like I said, we called it a blood sucker because it looked like it had blood in the back. Um, and the rest of its body was like a clear color. It was almost transparent, um, but you could see it moving. And I bent down, I picked up a leaf and I flipped it over and I just watched it. It curled up and it flipped back on its back. Because I noticed when I flipped it over on what I thought was the front, it started moving slow. It actually practically stopped moving altogether. And then it coiled up and tried to roll back over. And I was like, interesting. But after it rolled back over, it went to the grass really quickly so it could go back in the ground. And so then I did some research and a gentleman by the name of Mike Dunn, um, Roads Ends Naturalist is the name of the website, he had done some work on it. So um, the green June beetle larvae can also be referred to as a grub. So he said that he noticed the grub before, and he said he left the grub alone for a few seconds and it started crawling on its back by undulating and using its dorsal bristles and ridges to gain traction. I was impressed at how quickly it moved as it covered several inches in a few seconds. Seems like an odd locomotion strategy but all the references I looked at said the legs are too small to be useful for crawling. And I said, oh my God. So this white grub was crawling on its back because it was, it was easier for, for it to move that way. And their legs, when right side up, are too small to be useful for crawling. Now, me and all my intellect said, it, it's crawling upside down. Let me help it. Let me turn it over. But it made me think about our lives and how we think. I thought I knew best how to get this grub from point A to point B. The grub knew that it could move faster on its back. How often in life, because of what we think in our minds, do we feel like we have the answers for everyone and everything? So on this election day in the United States, it made me really think about, you know, there's so many people with an opinion about who you should vote for, how you should vote. And even for myself, I've had some thoughts because I think about my own values and I think about, you know, my life, my family's life, um, the quality of life for my child. And this is a, a big election and there's a lot at stake. But I don't necessarily know everything that goes into someone else's decision to vote for who they vote for. So for me, this grub actually brought a lot of perspective because in my mind, I thought I was right. And I don't say that to say, you know, that people voting for one candidate or the other right or wrong, but it just made me think about how easily we are swayed by our own experiences and what we know, our intellect, not realizing that there may be a different way or another way of thinking. But unless you really know the ins and outs of why someone does what they do, why they believe what they believe, we're just guessing. And we're going to be in our heads, wasting our minds on thoughts that may not be productive. So um, I do want to leave you with a couple of additional scripture references as it relates to not wasting our mind on things that are not helpful to us overall. Um, Psalms 27 one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Um, so when you think about um, what's happening in the world around us, the global pandemic, protests, um, terrorism, you think about, um, you know, domestic or foreign terrorism, the thoughts that people may have right now, people are on edge. And so that's where we go back to the word. We recite things like Psalm 27 when we start to feel those thoughts fill our minds. That's how we combat the enemy. We combat the enemy with truth. We combat the enemy with faith. Um, Psalms 27 verses 13 and 14, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So allowing the Lord to fill that void and help because this world is crazy 
And I know for myself, I have been struggling. As some people would say, I've been on the struggle bus because I have literally been in my head to the point that it affects my mood. It affects how I feel. It affects what I do. Um, And so I don't want to be someone who's drained every day. Um, As it says in Psalms 27, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So if we're wasting our mind on thoughts that are terrible, then we're not enjoying our life. We're not enjoying the goodness that life has to offer. And then the last verse that I want to leave you with is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so again, when we think about our minds, are we wasting our minds on terrible things or are we thinking on things that are helpful, things that are going to encourage us, things that are going to uplift us, to really help us move forward, to help us be strong in a time of so much uncertainty? Um, And there is another scripture that I want to uh, highlight that I didn't read earlier, um, but it is in Colossians 3, and it talks about setting your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Um, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Um, So when I think about that and setting my mind on good things. And this starts at verse two, uh, Colossians three, verses two through 10. It does help us to focus on what is important, Um, focusing on good things, Um, you know, not doing things that are not helpful in the physical sense, Um, but really putting, like really having a renewed knowledge of who God is and who he has created us to be. Um, and finding ways to clear our thoughts, especially when we feel like our mind is cluttered. So the acronym that I I jotted down as it relates to our minds and not wasting our time on thoughts that are not productive um, is faith, focusing on the foundation. Where do your beliefs come from? The next one is attitude. How do you approach those beliefs? Do you approach it with an attitude in which you are open to change or do you approach it begrudgingly because you feel like your way is the right way? Our intellect, where do we get our intellect from? You know, what experiences and exposures have we had in life that make us think the way that we do? Truth, where do we get our truth from? Um, You know, do we have a church family? Are we reading our word? Where are we getting the truth? Are we allowing the spirit to move in us to reveal that truth to us? And last but not least is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, allowing the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The word says that he left the spirit with us to guide us in all truth. So are we getting that that truth? Are we getting that knowledge? Are we listening to that small, still voice? So on this election day in the United States, um, and um, it's a big day for Um, not just the United States, but globally, um, because we're all interconnected and work together as it relates to trade and other global issues, um, it is important for us to take note of our thoughts, take note of what you are thinking about, and find ways to find your peace, find ways to find your joy, find ways to keep your mind focused on things which will be productive for you and your family, and figure out what you should stop doing so that you won't be distracted or so that your mind won't take you to a place that you don't want to go. Um, Speaking from personal experience, I have been doing a lot of that lately, a lot of soul searching um, and really trying not to allow my mind to run wild or run rampant, especially in this day and age. So I encourage you to take stock of what you're thinking about, maybe jot it down in a journal and figure out why you believe what you believe. And then take some time to figure out if there should be a shift, you know, what thoughts have, has the enemy given you that, you know, you don't want to take hold of. And when you do have a thought, 
take that thought captive and say, you know what? That's not what the word says. Or if the word says God reigns on the just and unjust, but the word also says that I can enjoy my life while I'm here. So finding ways to counteract some of the half truths that the enemy may be telling you, because a lot of times he'll give you a little bit of the truth. He won't give you the whole truth. So you go and get that truth for yourself so you can clear your mind, you can clear your conscience, and you can clear your head. Because at the end of the day, when your mind is clear, it allows you to hear different. And speaking from personal experience, um, when my mind is cloudy, I have a hard time doing much of anything. That's part of the reason why this show was a little bit late, because my mind has been all over the place. But it wasn't until today that I could really quiet my mind and take a step back. I've been taking notes about this show for a few days now, but I really had to take a step back and quiet my mind. Um, I had to quiet my place, like the place where I reside. I had to just get quiet because I'm always thinking about something, thinking about my next move, what I'm going to do. Um, but I'm thinking and worrying about things that at the end of the day, they really don't matter. Um, I do this because I enjoy it. Um, I love being able to encourage, uplift, and inspire others. So I encourage you today to really focus on you, what you're thinking, and find a way to focus on things that make you happy. Um, focus on things that will catapult you forward. And if there's any beliefs that you have that maybe you want to challenge or you want to uproot because maybe it's not healthy for you at this point in your life or you realize where some of those negative thoughts have come from, change your experience. You write your new narrative, you write your new script, and you move forward in peace and prosperity and joy and happiness. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast. Um, new episodes are released every other week, and I am just thankful that you are tuning in and I hope that you got something good from today. Remember, when your mind tries to take you to a place that you don't want to go, have faith. And on that note, have a wonderful evening. Until next time, be safe, be blessed, and be happy. Take care. <laughs>